The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. And so let's turn to football and after the brilliant World Cup that we've had, what's the English Premier League going to be like on its return? There were 133 players from Premier League clubs at the World Cup. Now they obviously left at different stages during the competition. Some may have been very happy with the outcomes. Some may have been distraught. Some might have had loads of minutes. Some might have had very, very few. The English league has re- is restarting way faster than anyone else. The Germans, for example, are about the 22nd or so of January. And that's even after they went home early from the World Cup. So what's this all going to mean for the Premier League on its resumption? Tony Cascarino, Mark Lawrenson are with us. Tony, if I can start with you, it is going to be as make demands, isn't it, of certain managers as to know how to reintegrate their players. Yeah, Matt, I think it's typical of what the Premier League has become. It's going to be fast and furious from the outset, and there will be a lot of changes. I think the introduction of Mark touched on it the other, the, other, the other week about you know how important substitutions are in the modern game. I think that will be a case. That will be the case. And honestly, Matt, they have so much finance at their disposal, Premier League clubs, to bolster their their squads. That yes, they will introduce. I mean, look, we lost, we saw last night the way Liverpool and Man City went about the game and. And I think we'll see a lot of games that are going to be very chaotic and fast, Matt, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that is something very much to look forward to. But I wonder, for example, Mark, the Argentinian players, after the excitement of winning the World Cup, how will they actually respond to coming back to normality? For example, will McAllister be anywhere near as good for Brighton as he was? Or will he be thinking maybe of other things? And Martinez, the Aston Villa goalkeeper who may actually have won the World Cup from them with the last-minute save and extra time against France, who seems to be acting like ahead the ball ever since. I mean, how is he <laughs> going to get himself in the right frame of mind to play for Aston Villa? Um, well, he has to, basically. And the other thing about that as well is that, uh, you know, when, when those guys walk into the dressing room, is that they will, they will be, yes, they will be congratulated, but as Tony knows, they will also be brought down to the level that everyone else is. And, you know, it's a case of, come on, um, you've won the World Cup, that's great, but now we're, we're playing in in our own football, our normal football, you know, normal competitions. And what will be interesting will be that generally for the majority of players will play in the Premier League over the next many days, the, the first game will be just a little bit like pre-season. But the other thing about that is they've already played so many games in the season, but they've had this break, Matt. So we, we don't really know, but you know, you look at you look at the teams, and Tony touched upon the fact there that you know these teams could be changed from what January the first, and bringing new players in, etc. And I, to be quite honest, I, I think I think the Premier League will just be the way that the Premier League was before um, we had the World Cup, with the proviso that there will be early on probably one or two strange results. But apart from that, I just think it'd be very much the way that it was. Well, just staying with the theme of players returning, Tony, because I mentioned the Argentinian guys on an upper who might find it a bit of a downer. But what about all the players who perhaps have come back disappointed? Say maybe you have the likes of Varane back to Manchester United, the crushing disappointment of having lost a World Cup final. Or all the English players. I mean, what state, for example, is Harry Kane likely to be in after that penalty miss? Well, I'm I'm trying to remember back to sort of 90 and 94, Matt, where we come back from tournaments. And look, we come back 
from 1990, being held as heroes and getting to the quarterfinal of the World Cup. I personally couldn't wait to get back playing again, Matt. You know, you, mm. you, your love affair with football is pretty the hell all the time, and, and you get your pats on your back, and like Mark says, you're glad to give you a bit of stick, but you'll get back to it quick. And you'll get a reminder from not only the players, Matt, but your manager and then the fans. You, is, look, you play football for a living, and if you really love the game, you want to play as much as you can, as often as you can, Matt. And I don't think they'll be affected too much because even with disappointment, you always got the next game to look forward to. And if you're playing for Man United, Matt, you can't be that disappointed that you're back playing football. I just think you get on with it and, you know, enjoy it. It's a big football club. And, look, McAllister going back to Brighton as a World Cup winner, what a story. Um, you know, and I think he'll be fine. It'll all be about the mentality of the players, Matt. And a lot of them have shown that they've absolutely got that in place. Mark, yeah. I was going to say, the best thing for Harry Kane is to get a penalty in the first minute and put it away, then it, it generally puts things to bed, doesn't it? Football's yeah, but, like but that. what if he misses it? Well, it's really <laughs> good luck with that one. <laughs> Mark, I was going to ask you about transfers, though, because, uh, for example... You know, there's a lot of players now who put themselves in the shop window and there's a lot of talk mm-hmm. of certain players going to England. But should you buy a player on the basis of their World Cup performances? I see, for example, Leicester apparently are interested in Azadine Onani, who was yeah. brilliant for Morocco in the World mm-hmm. Cup. But you know, this might be just an excuse uh, from Leeds, but their director of football was saying, well, we've watched him for the last couple of years. We don't know where these World Cup performances came out of, which is sort of almost like, well, we don't think he can do it at a consistent level outside of the World Cup. What should a club do in a situation like this when it comes to transfers? Well, I think whatever Leeds, Leeds are saying is absolutely right. And, you know, so... so Cass goes on about the in 1984 and absolutely all, all those kind of things. And um, you didn't know in these major competitions a lot of the players are about them. Matt, you know what? All, all the clubs have, have scouts all over, everywhere. There's a network and they will, they will have known nearly every... Not, sorry, not nearly. Every single player who's played in that World Cup, they will have watched them for a long, long time. You know, in, in football now... It's, it's such an art which is that you, you send people out to watch players and you watch them and watch them and watch them. And, you know, when they have good days, when they have bad days, and then you make your minds up. You don't just watch them for four or five games and go, you know what, he looks all right, let's take a chance. Those days have gone completely. They know everything about them. You know, the way they live, the way they play, what they do away from the pitch, all those kind of things, the mentality. Um, I, don't, I don't think there'll be too many transfers, to be honest with you. Tony, do you think of players now that you saw at the World Cup who you think would work well in the Premier League who you'd like to see added into various teams? Um, yeah, well, there's loads of great players out there, Matt, on display. You know, there was some, some signing. I mean, you know, Lad de Paul, I thought was terrific for Argentina and I could see him absolutely working in the Premier League. I thought he was terrific in midfield. You know, Fernandes as well. You know, you, you look at... You look at players, Matt, and I'll tell you a quick story, Matt. And with Mark was just going on about, you know, about players and being detailed with points of them and watched loads of times. I, when it was the old March, March deadline, I played that game at Chesterfield for Gillingham. And I had officially my worst game I'd ever played in football. And I was meant to have travelled back with Millwall, who was going to sign me, uh, in the car to go back. And after the game finished, I said, I'm not getting in the car. I'm not getting in the car. I'm not going back after playing the way I did. 
And I went back, and in the summer they come in for me, and I moved. And on the first question I asked my manager, John Doherty at the time at Mill, I said, how the hell did you want to sign me after that performance? He said, we watched you 30 times that season. Mm. You know, mm. and Mark's just all about detail. You know, these players are not being watched, and we all get excited. You know, everyone will mention El Hadjou when he signed from Senegal and went to Liverpool. Yes, he had a disappointing time. But then you could argue, well, Zinedine Zidane in 1996 at the Euros had a dreadful tournament. He went to Juventus and look at the history he created after that. You really do have to do your homework. And if you don't, Matt, you might get your smack on the, the backside over a transfer. So I generally think clubs like exactly what they're doing now with, the, uh, with obviously, the, you know, the, everything that's available, the, it's just there for them, Matt, to make good choices. But that doesn't mean you're always going to get, get guaranteed one. Okay. I tell you what, Matt. Yes, Mark. Matt. Good job they didn't watch Cass away from the game, wasn't it? He <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah, okay. We won't go there at this stage. I tell you what, we're going, to do. we're going to take a very quick break and then we'll come back and talk in detail about all of the teams and what we expect out of them in the Premier League over the Christmas New Year period and then into the rest of the season. We'll do that with Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino after this. Welcome back. Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino have stayed with us and we're talking about the return of the Premier League on what we call St. Stephen's Day, which is called Boxing Day in England. Not all the matches, of course, have been spread out over three days. And let's talk about Arsenal as league leaders to start, Mark, because they have a five-point gap over Manchester City after five game, a five-point gap after 14 games, which I'd imagine mm-hmm. few people could have expected. Did Arsenal, perhaps, will they regret having the break, given that they had momentum? Oh, absolutely. 100%. And, and lost Jesus as well, which will be a blow to them. Although he wasn't scoring, he was still leading the line ex- extremely well. They're, yeah, it's, it, look, it's, it's a restart. It's, but it's a restart with, with points already, which, as we know, is, is very, very strange. But I, I, I don't expect Arsenal to win the league. I still think they'd be very competitive. I think Manchester City will win that. And the likes of Liverpool, etc., Tottenham, we'll all we'll all get up there, Matt, because it's just the quality and also the fact that, as we rightly stated, it's it, the transfer window starts as well. And you know these these teams they need Champions League football. It's an absolute must for everything, but more than anything for for, for money. You know, for the, for the way they can still obviously entertain players and bring them in. So. I think it's it's going to be very, very interesting because we've never, ever seen this before and there's a little bit of going into the unknown. But, but, I, but I don't expect, you know, teams in the Premier League to be... I think, I think generally it'll be the norm, which will be, you know, City, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, all those teams will come through. But on Arsenal, Tony... There's a lot of the usual back-page transfer speculation about them getting midfielders, about them wanting to buy new forwards. Do Arsenal need extra players, or is there a danger that you can disrupt a team now in the middle of the season by trying to add more in again? Well, I think you have to be sensible about it, Matt. If they're players you've pursued before and you think, well, can we get them slightly earlier... Um, I think that's a temptation for Arsenal. But if you look, Matt, apart from Gabriel Jesus, you think Martinelli didn't play too much, Odegaard didn't go because obviously they didn't qualify uh, for Arsenal. You look at Saliba, didn't play much for France, but Gabriel didn't go away with Brazil. And you go, Ben White came back. You know, They've actually got a number of players, Matt, who didn't go to the World Cup, or if they did, didn't play a lot of football. So I think the temptation of them going crazy, look, they signed 
Eddie Nketiah on a five-year deal in the summer. Now, you could debate whether he's ready to lead the line at Arsenal in the second part of the season. Well, I think if you put that much faith in him, you've got to give him the chance. They might even consider, Matt, playing Martinelli down the middle all the time Gabriel Jesus is out. Because there is a number of games in Jan, but the Gabriel Jesus will probably be right back around mid-February. Um, so it's a temptation, but I think they've got to be really careful of that because you could bring in a transfer that actually just rocks the boat slightly and you don't want to go and you know, ruin what has been an incredible, trans- uh, obviously, transition at the football club, Matt, because it's been extraordinary what's happened at the Emirates, Matt. Now, what about Manchester City, Mark? Because I think everyone was shocked when they lost to Brentford just before the World Cup break, leaving the five points behind. And they have a lot of players who didn't have good World Cups as well. But they did have Haaland getting his fitness back. What, what do you expect of Manchester City now? I just think they'll cruise on that. Re- really seriously, Will. I think they'll get themselves in, in a run where they'll just win lots of games, never even draw some of them. And uh, they've, they've, got, they've got such a, such a good side. They've got such a great selection of players. They can almost play like a, a second team, which would probably end up in the top six in the Premier League. Um, and they're driven. And, you know, once you, once you win a league like that as well, and you have a taste of that and you've got really outstanding players Generally, it all takes care of itself. And the possibility, again, with them, they've got money so they can buy people in January. But I, I just see them winning, and I, I see them winning quite easily, to be honest with you. Do you agree, Tony? Um, I'm not quite as easy. I think they are the team that everyone has to beat, Matt. Um, they've got terrific players, and I just see them winning a lot of games. Did we all see what happened against Brentford coming? No, absolutely not. Um, but Arsenal are going to have to be at their very best to stop them, Matt, and that means winning a lot of football games. They've got a number of London derbies to play in months coming up. Um, I, look, the first game back is West Ham uh, at the Emirates, and that's a, you know, a challenge in itself because both teams and David Moyes needs points where they are. Um, I just think there's too much at City, even for a, you know, a, a reignited uh, football club that's been Arsenal, Matt. They've done terrific this season. What about Newcastle? I'll start with you on this one, Tony, because to have lost only one game in 15 is an extraordinary good performance. 30 points from 15. Are they going to stay in the Champions League's positions? I think they will, Matt. I really do. I think they've got such a great group. I think the fact that Eddie Howe sort of, you know, changed everything. The whole back four, he's changed goalkeeper, central midfield with Gramirez coming in. Both, by the way, should have been in the Brazilian team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly for me as a starter... I think Callum Wilson, if he can stay fit towards the end of the season, um, will they have fun? I think that's pretty obvious. They, they will do, Matt. They'll have money to spend. They've got a lot of players that are playing way beyond the, the normal performances. Alan has done exceptional this season. I just think they're capable, Matt. Their back four is a really strong. Botman, who come in from Lille, has done brilliant at centre-half. You know, he's really, he's really took the Premier League by storm. I just think there's a lot of good things about Newcastle. And they've been on an incredible run, Matt, of games where, you know, not getting beat for a long time. So um, I think Newcastle will be hanging around. I think Chelsea will be a bit afraid of that. Man United likewise, because they've got to bridge that gap between where Newcastle are at the moment and, and Liverpool's likewise to where Newcastle are. Yeah, because, Mark, Newcastle have only lost once. They've also mm-hmm. conceded only 11 in those 15 games. Only Arsenal are as good defensively as them. And we know the teams that tend to get to the top four are the ones with good defences, aren't they? Just yeah. before yeah, you start scoring the goals. Yeah, and, and I think also with Eddie, how he's changed the mentality of the football club. 
um, you know, from, from, from top to bottom. And he's, he's not gone mad, Matt, in terms of, of transfers. They've obviously done the homework extremely well. But, yeah, that's the, the key to winning the Premier League and any league, you would, you would argue, is if, if on, a, on a bad day, you don't play particularly well, but you don't concede. With the players that the likes of Newcastle have got and all the top teams, you will always get opportunities. You will always get chances. And I think the thing with Newcastle as well, now I used to watch them go playing away from home, and you think, you know what, we can roll these over. They don't travel very well. But that's, what, that's the mentality change now that they've got under uh, Eddie Howe. Mark, I've already mentioned Harry Kane earlier. There's a lot of Tottenham players didn't have good World Cups and you have Antonio Conte still bleating on about how he needs to buy loads of players. So could it be that Tottenham of the top four are the most vulnerable to falling out? Um, possibly, Matt. Possibly, but they've still got some outstanding talent. I mean, you know, we, 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 all, we look at Tottenham and we kind of look at them and say, well, they pop, you know, they've got the ability to go and win six games on a row, in a row and then all of a sudden at home they'd lose one and draw one and, and just fade away. And you kind of think with Conti that, that, that the fade away um, we, we might probably leave in terms of, because what he is, he's very, very driven, as we know. Um, they're, just a bit, they're still a little bit of a strange club, though. I mean, you know, we, we used to try and make, certainly if when you were playing, you, you made your home ground a fortress, an absolute fortress, but teams find it really, really difficult. Tottenham under Conti haven't really got that at the moment, so that's something they've got to, got to do if they're going to finish in the top four. Now, what about Manchester United, Tony, in the post-Cristiano Ronaldo era? And you've got... Uh, Rashford got a good goal against Burnley in the Carabao Cup the other night when playing at a nine. There's talk of Cody Gapko coming in from PSV. The Dutch striker got three goals at the World Cup. He turned on Leeds and transfer deadline day last summer. But the record of Dutch players coming in to the English Premier League, is he going to be what they need to replace Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, it's always a concern, Matt, because the Eredivisie is not the strongest league. And, you know, you have to go back as far as Ruth Van Nistelrooy at Man United as a Dutch player that's done brilliantly well. Um, I, I would have my concerns, Matt, bringing a player, from, honestly, from the Dutch league. Um, they do need a centre-forward. I don't think you can trust Martial or whether you play Rashford down the middle. I think there's, there's choices they have to make, Matt, at their football club. But I don't see anybody available that... Some, someone like Fergie would have signed, you know, um, that uh, Berbatov sort of signing. You, you know, he'd done it with a number. I mean, he brought in Sheringham as well, to, you know, to bring in something new. I don't see that type of signing available to Man United at the moment, Matt. So they are going to have to take an element of a risk. And look, Ten Hag managing the Eredivisie, so he knows exactly what it's about. He looks a good player, Gatpo, but how do we know what level he's going to be at? Because the Premier League is way beyond Matt, the Eredivisie in Holland. Let's talk about Liverpool, Mark, because Liverpool are 15 points behind Arsenal. They're in sixth Mm -hmm. place. They're only 12 points off the bottom, closer to the bottom than the top after 14 games. Now, I know historically Liverpool have come good, but there are lots of issues, aren't there, in relation to maybe fitness of key players, form of some others, and particularly the big star centre-forward signing has not delivered the goals yet as hoped, has he? No, not, not, not as yet, but uh, I, do, I do think that will happen. Um, obviously, Nunes, who we're talking about, I think the problem is Diaz is out probably for three, three, well, two or three months at the very least. But I, th- I think, you know, Liverpool will, they will have had a reset um, 
you know, in terms of the players that have been stayed with him, not gone to the World Cup, Matt, and I, and I think he's uh, put them under. It. I know. Well, I know it's like almost been another kind of pre-season for them. So I think you see them pressing much more than they have been up to this stage in the competition. And if they do, I think I do think they win a, a lot of points. Listen, they're not they're not going to win the league, but certainly in terms of the top four, most definitely the younger players are getting better by the game. Um, I would think as well that Jurgen Klopp would make a couple of signings. If, of course, he gets a quality that he can, certainly for midfield, that's crying out for a couple of new players. Um, younger players as well, and one or two, maybe even experienced players on top of that. But I still I still fancy them to be, to be right up there because we talked about mentality for, with Newcastle. Well, Liverpool have definitely got that. They've got, it, they've got that in spades. Would you share that optimism, Tony? Well, I'll share that optimism as long as they get Van Dijk, who obviously will be back into the team, Canote and Trent. I think them three were certainly, you're watching from last night, Matt, that defensively they were a little bit all over the place in the game against Man City. I think the midfield area is the one area that you still, you know, need a bit more. Well, you know, you mentioned Nunes, uh, Matt, and he looks a terrific player at times. His pace is incredible. But he just doesn't look being clinical enough at the moment, which is, would be a concern. Mo Salah's always going to get goals, so there's no worries there. Um, so there are issues, but I do think Liverpool, if they get their strongest 11 out, Matt, will get a, get a very, very capable of going on a great run and, and accumulate a lot of points between now and the end of the season. Tony, what about the relegation? Because it seems that anyone from ninth downwards is vulnerable because Fulham and ninth have 19 points and Nottingham Forest and 18 have 13 points. Who looks the most vulnerable? Because I'd be quite upfront. I'm getting more and more pessimistic about Leeds under Jesse Marsh. <laughs> well, you're always worried about Leeds, Matt, aren't you? Um, look, Ivan Tony. I mean, Ivan Tony's missing at Brentford, and we don't know what's going to happen with him. And then you go. Everton was amazing. You know what we've seen uh, with Everton has been extraordinary. They're they're back to back defeats. I know one was in the cup at Bournemouth, but they they've got very poor. I expect David Moyes to get out of it. Not sure about Nathan Jones at Southampton and what they've got because I didn't think they had enough uh, during the course of the season. Bournemouth have been the biggest surprise. Um, so there are concerns, Matt. I, the one that I can't get my head around is Everton, Matt. I really can't. Mark would be close to be obviously seeing and knowing what happens with Everton Football Club. I can't. They look like they were going to get out, not be a relegation team, and suddenly found themselves hanging around it again. And they've got quite a number of tough games coming. So I, I think that's a challenging period for them. Yeah, they've only conceded 17 goals, which is actually mm. a pretty good return. But they've only won three games. Their problem is they've only scored 11. Everton, though, re- realistically, Mark, they're not really going to go down, are they? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And as Tony will know, you know, when push comes to shove, when you, when you go to Everton and they need a result, it, it's a tough place to go. Um, you know, and I think obviously with Frank Lampard, he knows the league. Look, the thing about the bottom of the league, it's like it's a league within itself. As you said, eight or nine teams. So that, that's a completely different team. So the, the Premier League is almost split into two. Um, I think it's going. I think it's going to go really, really late on into the season. And we know with all the, the, the promoted teams as well that you can go through a run where they don't win five for five or six games, etc., and get themselves pulled in. Um, I think I think probably that's going to be as, as good a watch and very, very unpredictable as maybe the top of the Premier League. 
Okay, we will leave it there. Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino, as ever, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word at Today FM and we look forward to talking to you regularly throughout uh, 2023 and what should be an absolutely fascinating conclusion to the Premier League season. The last word on sport on Today FM with Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.